Hey guys, welcome back to the episode five of the Push the Tempo podcast. Uh, the NBA season has been in stride for roughly two weeks now. Most teams have played anywhere from five to seven games. And with that said, granted, it is a small sample size. We just want to go through some of the observations we've made. So without further ado, let's get into it. So, Ari, um, like I said, uh, most teams have played five to seven games. What are some teams that have up to now surprised you with their performance? I mean, those are pretty much a good handful of them. Um... So obviously we got the Suns. They've been playing phenomenal. We got Pelicans, the Cavs, and obviously Philadelphia. Which one do you want to talk about first? Let's go with the Cavs. Word, man. I got one word, man. And I've been itching to say this ever since the nickname came out. Sex Land. Man, I freaking love Sex Land. These two guys, they and we talked about this in the last, last podcast. They're just complimenting each other and they're playing super well together. And this is just something coming into the season. We all Pretty much every single NBA fan came into the season thinking, oh, the Cavs are going to just be another bottom feeder team like they've always been for the past few years. And Sexland, they've been proving me pretty wrong. Yeah, um, like you said, uh, Colin, we talked about Darius Garland in the last episode as well. Colin Sexton has also been playing pretty great as well. Um, they just beat Atlanta yesterday. I was watching that game. It came down to the wire. And I believe it was Colin Sexton that hit the the lead taking three at like towards the end with like a minute left he's been playing great and they've been doing this with I mean you could say that Kevin Love is their best player um I don't know right now about that but they've been doing it without Kevin Love Isaac Okoro has been out um for a little bit now um they're actually they're actually I, I don't know I'm going off on a tangent but yeah Sexton has been awesome this year he's putting up 26 points uh, the assists could be a little bit better, but that's where Darius Garland comes in. Darius Garland is averaging almost six and a half assists. And another guy who can't be going unnoticed is Larry Nance. Uh, he's putting up a pretty, like, all-around great stat line of nine points, almost eight rebounds, and almost five and a half assists. He's been playing great defense as well. So the Cavs have definitely been very surprising to me. I was one of those people who thought they were just going to be, like, another bottom, like, 12th or 13th in the Eastern Conference. But they've been a pleasant surprise so far. Yeah, and I'm hoping that they can maintain it. It's been pretty fun to watch their games. And coming into the season, I'm going to be honest, I never thought I'd be saying it on a podcast. Yo, the Cavs are fun to watch. Yo, the Cavs are winning games. And I'm sorry it's all my Cavs fans out there, but I did not see that coming. And now that they are coming out like that, they're coming out the gate super hot. They're playing super well without arguably their best player in Kevin Love. It's definitely been some fun basketball to watch. Another team that surprised, and you want to, you want to move on to the next team? Yeah, let's go for it. Which team were you thinking about talking about? And this is another team that I wasn't too high on in the beginning of the season, and that's the Pelicans. Brendan Ingram has been awesome this year. Uh, see, um, I really like how they're, how uh, Coach Stan Van Gundy is running their offense. He's doing a lot of spacing. Eric Bledsoe has been silently pretty good for them. Um, what's his name? Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, Ingram has been really on a tear as of late. Uh, before coming into the season, I was kind of skeptical on them. Uh, for one of the main reasons was that their lineup, their projected starting lineup, in my opinion, was Lonzo, Eric Bledsoe, Ingram, Zion, and Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams and really four of those guys are either not good shooters or are inconsistent shooters. Um, Eric Bledsoe, Lonzo, Stephen Adams, and Zion are not are really hit or miss shooting. But they've somehow made it work, and that's Stan Van Gundy. You got to remember he ran the Orlando Magic back in the day when 
they made the finals surrounding Dwight Howard with shooting and spacing. So he's somehow figuring out how to do it now. And granted, I haven't watched a lot of Pelicans games, but I mean, they they look really good right now. And Brandon Ingram looks like he's taken even another step. So you'd like to see it. Yeah, definitely. I thought the same thing. Brandon Ingram, right now, he's built different. He's literally playing at like a superstar level right now. He's not only leading the team in points, but he's also distributing the ball at a high level. He's taking the game-winning shots. He's the one that's taking the ball in his hands at the final seconds, the final minutes in every single game that it, that's close, at least. And it's just kind of pretty – it's pretty nice to see, especially after a dude like him got traded away from the Lakers for not being a great player at the time. Then coming into a team that wasn't even willing to extend him at first, they were just kind of want to see how he was going to perform. And if I remember correctly, he had like some kind of issue with blood clots, I believe. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely great to see him bouncing back from that. And to be honest, I haven't been really watching that many Pelican games, but I was just going through some of the statistics on that team. And I thought that the best fit would be for JJ Redick to actually become a starter, especially because he's a, he's a seasoned vet. He's a great shooter. But, yo, did you know he was shooting 25% from three this year? Yikes. Right? It's just crazy. Like, I'm not even sure how they're winning games when he's he's a player that's, like, he's going to be making those shots. and He's going to be taking shots in critical times. I don't even know how they're winning. And I guess that speaks volume to Brandon Ingram's level of play. Just to kind of, like, it kind of goes to show, like, how well he's been playing if a guy like J.J. Redick is shooting 25% from three. Yeah, Ingram, Ingram is an interesting case because before – I believe before he had to – he was forced to shut down in his last season with the Lakers um, due to the blood clot issue that you mentioned earlier. He was playing really well. He had like a stretch where he was putting up pretty good stats. Granted, they weren't winning a lot of games because LeBron was in and out with injury. But Brandon Ingram's always been a guy that, you know, when he came into the league, he was very slight. And now it looks like not only is he uh, – has he like fully adjusted to the NBA game, but he's using his length to his advantage now and just really getting to anywhere, getting to his spots on the court and just, you know, hitting shots that he's comfortable taking. Yeah, no, definitely. He's definitely playing like a top, maybe even a top five player. Would you go that far? No, not that far. I'd say he's definitely top 15. One thing I would say, he's better than Siakam right now, though. Oh, yeah, easily. That dude is – actually, I'm not going to even say it. <laughs> We're definitely <laughs> going to have to talk about the Raptors later. I'm not going to say it now. Let's do it. Let's right. do it. All right, which team do you want to move on to next for the teams that have been surprising us? So next on, let's move on to the the Philadelphia 76ers. So they are currently 5-1. and one. They have the best record in the Eastern Conference. Um, Doc Rivers, um, I know I've, I've been following a lot of their games because Doc Rivers is now their coach. I want to see how he'd do there. Um, he's been uh, kind of staying out of his own way. At the beginning, he wasn't doing a great job of staggering Simmons and Embiid, and that's kind of what you got to do. He had that same problem last year as well. But they've been they've been really beating teams. Uh, they've been shooting 35% from three. They've been getting to the free throw line a solid amount. And Ben Simmons has been pretty great this season. Uh, he had a game where I forget who he, who is he or Karis LeVert I think was it was it him who he no it was R.J. Barrett he had he held R.J. Barrett to like one for 15 or something from the field. We all know Simmons is an amazing defender. He also hit a three-pointer, which is cool. Uh, good for him. What do you think about the 76ers, how they've played so far? So, to be honest, I kind of 
I didn't expect them to be on top of the Eastern Conference. And yeah, it's been only like six games that they've played. But I did say that this offseason, they probably had one of the best offseasons. And I didn't expect them to play down to their competition. I did think that they'd win a lot of regular season games. But they've been surprising me in the sense that they've been keeping that combination of Embiid and Simmons pretty well while also using their shooters like Seth Curry and Danny Green. And I don't know. I just thought it was pretty nice to see that that combination working pretty well together. Yeah, they're also first in the NBA currently in defensive rating. Uh, they are not. They are. They have a defensive rating of ninety nine point seven, which tops, which is tops of the league. Which I mean, they got obviously Ben Simmons who can guard one to five, uh, and then they obviously got Joel Embiid, Danny Green. He's hit or miss from three point line, but he can still play some solid defense. Um, they got. Uh, I know Matisse Thybul hasn't been playing a lot, but he we all we all know how great of a defender he can be. Dwight Howard, when he comes in. She doesn't mind. He might not play a lot, but he gives them solid minutes as a rim protector. So this, I mean, granted they haven't played the best teams. Um, they've they've had like a a so and so schedule so far, but I mean, you still can't take any anything away from them. Only losing one game. So yeah, no, I agree. I kind of want to see. There's a game coming up next week where they're playing the Nets, and then after that they play Denver. I'm looking forward to those matchups because, like you said, their matchups currently haven't really been the best teams out there. But, yeah, we'll definitely have to see. Mm-hmm. All right. So, I know you've been waiting for this one, yo. Let's talk about the Suns, the 5-1 and one Suns. Yeah, man. Um, coming into the year, uh, as any, if anybody knows me, they know I'm a huge Chris Paul fan. Coming into the year, I, I called it. I said that the Phoenix Suns would be a good team. And the reason for that – I'm not going to say solely was Chris Paul, but Monty Williams did a great job for them in the in the bubble. He coached them to an 8-0 record. And just recently, they beat the Utah Jazz. They beat – and they just beat the Denver Nuggets with Chris Paul hitting one of the – the game leading – the game – the lead-taking shot for them um, at the very end of that game. Uh, Chris Paul has really instilled, like, a great – I don't want to say work ethic because that's always been there, but he's instilled, like, a toughness to them. And, and look, man uh, – I think their most I think their most um, interesting player coming into the year is DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton was the first overall pick for a reason. We all know how talented he is. His his biggest problem, however, is he just can't. Sometimes he doesn't play aggressive. Like for example, in that game versus the Nuggets, I thought he was awesome. He had like 22 points. He was really playing aggressive and taking it at Jokic. But there are some games where he doesn't really. He just like kind of floats in and out. So you need him to, you know what I mean, just always play aggressive and play to his full potential. Uh, what do you think about the Phoenix Suns? Man, I have to agree with you. It's the Chris Paul effect, and you can really see it coming into the season. You know, Devin Booker has just been on a tear the last few years, but his his scoring and his ability to make baskets, it never really translated to winning games. But as soon as Chris Paul joined the team, Devin Booker, his amount of points per game dropped like a lot. He's uh, right now he's shooting at, or he's averaging 20 and a half points, which is like, it's not bad, of course, but it's nothing compared to what he used to do. But the difference is he's sacrificing that. I can't really see sacrificing, but he's definitely lowered his points per game and, and it's translating to winning, which is just awesome to see. Like his biggest knock, um, Devin Booker's, was just his ability to win. And that's probably why he was never selected as an all-star until last season, I believe. But it definitely has to do with Chris Paul. And that's my belief that Chris Paul is definitely instilling that toughness, like you said. And it's just been pretty interesting to me that like, this team, this Phoenix Suns team, 
although they're they've been drafting like really badly and they they're ba- they were basically a laughing stock of the NBA for that like the last few years they definitely took a step up this year and hopefully they're able to keep consistently winning games and it's not like they're playing bad teams at all like they beat the Mavs um like you said they beat Denver as well so it's pretty interesting jazz. to see yep i mean yeah yeah the jazz as well i'm not going to say they're the best team but you know another another guy who i really liked um from the suns this year is Mikael Bridges He's been silently and going under the radar, really having a great season. He, he's averaging over 15 points, five rebounds, and just a little under one assist. He's, uh, he's averaging 0.8 steals and 1.3 blocks. So he's averaging almost a block and a half as a small forward. He's shooting 50% from three currently on six attempts from the field. And we all – it's kind of crazy to me that Philly gave him up for a guy. Who, who, is, who did they trade him for again? Zaire Smith, right? on the night of the draft. And I, th- I don't even think he's in the league currently or his, yeah. his, his fourth year option was declined recently. I think I saw something like that, but he's been, we all know he's a great defensive player. And the, the, the biggest question mark for him was just with the jump shot stay consistent and up till now, granted small sample size, but he's been hitting them and he's been playing very well for them. Him and Cam Johnson are both two guys at the wing position that can play defensively pretty solidly. Um, in Mikel's case, he's, an above average to great defender, and then they can both shoot the three ball. So they're gonna be they're gonna be a, a good team this year, in my opinion, Phoenix. Yeah, no, I'm definitely excited. Hopefully, they'll be able to make the playoffs. You know, it's definitely an interesting duo, and I can't even say duo. The whole squad is very very interesting of a team. Like DeAndre, Cam, yeah, campaign. Cam, Cameron Payne. People thought he was awful, and now he's resurrected and playing solid off their bench. Like, right? It's crazy. It's crazy to see. <laughs> And they got Dario Saric too, which people forgot. That dude was <laughs> he was in the running for rookie of the year at one year. So yeah. It's definitely a player that's, you know, has some potential and I don't even think he's played as much either. So definitely a, a, a team to keep an eye on. So yeah. all, right, all right. So I figured from now then, since we talk about some teams that we have liked, let's move on to some teams that have not been performing up to our expectations or have not been playing as well. So let's start from the bottom. Let's start with the Washington Wizards. Uh, what do you what do you think about the Wizards? Because I feel like me and you're gonna have very very different have, opinions. Yeah, you think so? I think yeah. we're gonna have. I oh well, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. But before that, there's one other team I want to mention that's a pretty good. Oh sure, team. let's go, go for it. Man, okay, all right, I take that back. Not a pretty good team. A team that's been surprising me. Did you know? And you obviously know this. The Knicks are performing just as well the Bucks are in terms of wins and losses. Hey man, Julius Randle has been he's been doing he's been doing stuff this year. He's been having a great season. I saw something that said he was averaging more points than Devin Booker, more rebound. Uh, I forget the rest, but just grand. He's been he's been pretty good so far. But I don't know if this speaks in terms of the Knicks are different this year or if the Bucks just aren't as good as people thought they were going to be going into the season. But yeah, you know, let's go back to the the Wizards comment. So they played six games. They've won one game and that game was against actually I don't remember who, who was that game against the Timberwolves without the Timberwolves Towns. without Towns yep and they won this game without Westbrook and I think that speaks volume to Westbrook because he's going back to his old ways and I don't want to say that he's not playing hard or anything like that and you know this is a very controversial topic and we we can literally talk about this we have one side that loves Westbrook and we have one side that hates Westbrook and we can just keep going on and on but the Wizards are definitely not playing well. They're not playing 
good as a team. And Westbrook is getting his triple doubles, but it's not translating to wins. And the one win that they did have, Westbrook wasn't playing. And obviously, I don't want to just attribute that to him. I honestly, like, I believe it's the coaching. And I don't know. I just feel like the coaching has to do with everything and then the way the Wizards are playing. But I don't know. I want to hear your thoughts on it. Well, it's actually surprising. I thought I thought you would just blame everything on Westbrook. But I mean, I kind of did. Yeah. But you know me, I'm, I'm not a huge Westbrook guy. I never have been. But that being said, I don't think that this is on Russell Westbrook. I don't. And you can you point to the Minnesota loss, but think about it like this. They don't have towns. Bradley Beal could have missed that game and Russell Westbrook could have been playing in his place. You could have switched them and they would have won versus Minnesota because Minnesota is missing their best player. Um, in four out of the six games that Westbrook's played because he sits back to backs because of his knee surgeries, um, he has had a plus minus, a positive plus minus in three out of those four games. And then the last game that they played versus Chicago, which they lost, which I watched, I thought Westbrook was great in that fourth quarter. He got a rebound or two. I believe he stole the ball from Thaddeus Young. He hit a mid-range shot. He hit his, he hit his free throws, which has been a, an issue for him in the past. But yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Coaching is a big problem currently in Washington. Scott Brooks is basically turning into the Jim Boylan of the NBA this year. Uh, there was a lineup that they played versus Chicago. It was like Raul Neto, uh, Westbrook, Ish Smith, Troy Brown, and Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant isn't a good defensive player to begin with, and he struggles to rebound. So that re- that lineup to anybody is food, and anybody's going to take advantage of it. Um, he needs to do better with not – and granted, he didn't have Rui Hachimura to start the year, and he just recently came back. But he needs to do better with his rotations. Otherwise – Washington is really going to struggle this year. And I believe I was looking at the Wizards schedule coming up and of any time for them to get a win, it would be this past game. Cause listen, this is their upcoming schedule. This is just like the next five or six games. They play the Nets who that, that game's going on right now. They play the 76ers, the Celtics, the heat, the sun and the jazz. So they have a pretty tough stretch coming up. So they need to really get those string, those wins together. Otherwise, you can get ugly quick. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I just want to see, like, a bigger sample size of how the Wizards play. Man, it's kind of hard not to point the finger at Westbrook just because he's averaging a monster triple-double. Like, I want to say it was, like, over 12 rebounds and 12 assists. But one person that I did notice on that team that's having a great year is Bradley Beal. He looks so good. Like, he can literally score the ball from anywhere on, the like, the court. He, this dude is amazing. But I just want to see that translate to winning. I don't know, like, if the rest of the roster is just not good enough. But I just kind of want to see these two guys working together and kind of forming a synergy. You know what I mean? I don't want to – oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, it's kind of like Westbrook is doing his own thing. And then after that, Bradley Beal is there just scoring the bucket. I kind of want to see them work together to – you know, I want them to form a duo and just be able to get dubs. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like Bradley Beal and John Wall, but it's Bradley Beal and Westbrook. But yeah, no, yeah. what were you saying? So I don't, I don't want to say that they don't have good players because they do. They, it's just that none of their good players can defend anybody. Like Westbrook doesn't defend people. Uh, Bradley Beal is not a good defender. Um, what's his name? Denny Abdia is not a good defender. They're, Rui Hachimura is a pretty solid defender. Thomas Bryant struggles to rebound. And when he gets put on the perimeter guarding guards, he's food and he gets blown by easily. Currently, they're the 26th ranked defense in the NBA per NBAstats.com. They have... The, they have a 113.3 defensive rating, and their offense is at 111.1, which is which is ninth. So they're 
if their defense was just a little bit better, maybe they'd be winning some games. I think I think that's their biggest problem currently, coaching and the fact that like nobody on their teams plays any defense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, no. Like I said, I want to see a bigger sample size and see how the Wizards perform. But yeah, you want to move on to the next team? Sure, let's do it. Which team did you want to talk about? And, uh, let's go for the Warriors. So the Warriors, like they haven't, it's not that they've been playing bad. Or it, it kind of is. Honestly, I had the Warriors making the playoffs maybe maybe around the eighth to seventh or maybe even the sixth seed. But they've been playing, like, I can't blame them. Obviously, losing Clay was a big thing, and Draymond not playing their first four or five games was another big thing. But, like, Steph Curry doesn't look like the MVP Steph Curry. And I, I guess that's kind of our fault as fans of kind of expecting him to be like that. He is older than 30 years old. And obviously it's our fault again as fans thinking that Andrew Wiggins was going to be different. And obviously you're trying um, to pull it on Andrew Wiggins <laughs> for like the seventh really straight did. year. I really did, man. I even dropped him in fantasy. So <laughs> I guess that's all on me. But yeah, another dude was like Wiggins and I mean, not Wiggins, sorry, Ubre. And I mean, I don't think that Wiggins and Ubre are going to keep performing in the same way over and over again, every single game. I don't think that, their bad level of play is just that sustainable. They're definitely good players to a certain extent. And I think they will turn it up a notch, but the Warriors have definitely been disappointing to watch as of now. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, this is where me and you disagreed. I said that the Warriors would struggle to even make, to make the playoffs and that the highest I could see them this year in, was in the play-in tournament. I think their biggest problem so far this year is Steve Kerr is still trying to, uh, enact this like sophisticated offense that um, that emphasizes ball movement and screen setting off the ball and such when right now you just don't have the personnel for that I don't want to say Andrew Wiggins and uh, Kelly Oubre are low IQ basketball players because that's not what I mean they're just not the same players of the past that have been on that team that were very high IQ basketball players such as a uh, Kevin Durant uh, Sean Livingston and Andre Godala. Andre Godala is one of the smartest players in the league in terms of just, like, pure basketball IQ. So there was this one play in particular. I believe it was in the Portland game that I was watching when they were getting blown out. Um, uh, Draymond Green went to set a, a, an off-ball screen for Steph Curry after he passed the ball to uh, Andrew Wiggins. And instead of waiting for Steph to come off that screen, Wiggins dribbled it and started driving and called for a travel right away. And you could see after that, Draymond was taught um, – the, the commentators even mentioned it that – Draymond was going to set a screen that Wiggins should have waited a little bit longer. So that's just like a, a small microcosm of what's going on currently with the Warriors. And you said it, that Steph has struggled this year. That is in, that's due to the fact that no one else on his team can really shoot. And they just struggle to get him open looks because most, most of his looks in the past have been good quality looks because of all the attention that his teammates, who all could shoot, um, have had to take away from him, like a Kevin Durant. Uh, a Clay Thompson, even before that, guys like Leandro Barbosa who could space the floor. So, yeah, the Warriors have struggled. Uh, their upcoming schedule isn't looking too hot as well. They played the Blazers again. They play the Kings, who the Kings have been okay, I guess. Tyrese Halliburton. They play the Clippers twice. They play the Raptors, who haven't been good. The Pacers, who've been good. Uh, Denver Nuggets, the Suns, and the Lakers. Um, I mean, I could see them easily going, only winning like two or three of those games if they get lucky. Yeah, no, it's it's tough for Curry out there, and I kind of sympathize for him. Like, 
man, after coming off that injury last season, he was ready to come to the season. And obviously that thing happened with Clay. It's, it's kind of hard to watch as a fan. Um, as somebody that was expecting Curry to have like an MVP level season and, you know, just making a push for the playoffs. But it's definitely sad to see that the Warriors are not having the resurgence that I expected to see at the very least. But yeah, no, it's, it's like, it's not even that. It's like the amount of attention Curry draws just because of the ineffective ineffectiveness of his like um, teammates. It's, it's sad to see because he's shooting like 30% on 11 attempts from three. And that's just, that's just not Curry. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. See, and I'm actually, I'm actually pretty happy that Curry went second. Was the second in our fantasy draft? Cause (laughs) Anthony Davis fell to me and that's great stuff. No, that's really all I got to say though. Yeah. Um, Speaking of that, yo, you want to move on to the Raptors? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. You can go first. No, man, you, you got it. What do, what, do you think, what do you think about them so far this year? It's so overrated, man. It ain't even funny, <laughs> yo. Like, I don't want to even say, like, bro, the dude, and I'm going to steal your joke. The dude is literally a human fidget spinner, and that's pretty much all he can do. Like, ever since last year when Jalen Brown put him in a jail, like, he really, he's really been garbage. Like, he even got sat out for a game for discipline, disciplinary measures. So, like, that's that. Um, Brad Van Vliet hasn't been – like, I mean, I can't really blame him. It's a short off season. So it's kind of hard to get back into the rhythm and he's a shooter, right? And that's what he does. So it's kind of hard for him to kind of jump back into the shooting form that he has, but he's slowly starting to pick it up. But that being said, I mean, the Raptors are still, what are they one in four or one in five, whatever they are, they have one win and that was against the Knicks. So nothing impressive for them. They've lost to the Pelicans twice. So they lost to the Spurs. Yeah, they lost to the Spurs as well. So it's definitely um, surprising to kind of see the Raptors, who are usually a pretty good regular season team, take so many L's early on in the season. Yeah, I mean, I never I never was under the impression that Pascal Siakam was like a, a number one option on the contending team type of guy. Um, but this year, he just looks like that confidence is gone. Uh, was it yesterday that they played against the Pelicans? I uh, yes, sir. When I, I watched that game, and he just, he just looked – I don't want to say – disinterested but he just looked like he was just going through the motions and wasn't really playing with like a set mindset to be aggressive they, that that confidence right now is just not there for him see the it's it's interesting because they're one of the they're a top six defensive team in the league this year per nba.com stats they have a 104.1 yeah 104.3 defensive rating which is sixth but they're i think like the third worst offense they're 28th in offense at 101.8 just above the Oklahoma City Thunder who I think we all expect to be bad this year and the Warriors who everyone on their team is not playing well besides including Steph but that's not really much of his fault um yeah man the Raptors I, I don't think I don't think a lot of us had them in like the upper tier of the Eastern Conference because they lost some players and uh with Ibaka and Gasol leaving both high IQ players and replaced them with Aaron Baines and um Alex Len, right? Well, nobody yeah. really expected them to be in the upper tier of the Eastern Conference, but and granted, it is a small sample size, but they just are not living up to the living up to even the lower expectations that a lot of people had for him. Um, Norman Powell is not doing my six man of the year prediction for him any favors right now. Uh, he's only averaging nine nine and a half points. He's shooting thirty two percent from the field and thirty thirty nine percent from three, but still, it's very inefficient for him. So I, I hope they can turn it around for my prediction's sake and just for the Raptors and Toronto fans' sake. 
Yeah, so I agree. Um, not gonna lie, I was never really high on OG Ananobi. Um, even though he did hit that game winner on my team, so I had to mention that for you Raptors fans out there. No, that was pretty painful to see. But I was never really high on him. Um, Siakam, I've always thought he was overrated. But yeah, that's just a team that like I feel like. With their management, with Masai Ujiri, all right, this is pretty interesting. Do you think that they're going to make a move, any moves before the trade deadline? Hey, man, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past them. Masai's always been – he's been a guy that has – he never, like, rode a team into the ground, you could say. He made the huge gamble for getting Kawhi, who had one year left on his deal. And granted, Kawhi did leave the team, but it worked out in the end for them because they ended up winning the championship. And that's really all that's, – that's the main goal, so – after that, you know what I mean? So I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if you made, like, a big big trade uh, with some of their young guys. Yeah, no, they've they've never looked the same after Danny Green left. Just want to put that out there. <laughs> All jokes aside, man. Um, man, actually, you know what? I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let's just move on to the next team. Which team did All you right. want to talk about? All right, so let's talk about, let's talk about the Bulls. Word, I mean, um, the Bulls are, they're an interesting team. I really wish that the Bulls could just play the Wizards for the rest of the year. So my, because I have both Kobe White and what's his name? Kobe White and Wendell Carter in two separate fantasy leagues. And they, and neither of those teams play any fucking defense. So it would be cool if they just played each other and just built up stats. Uh, this year, the Bulls are, they're an awful defense. Once again, they're 27th in the league in defense. They have a 114.4 defensive rating. Um, it's just, it's to be expected. One guy who's Patrick Williams was pretty solid for them at the beginning. He's kind of faltered since then, but I, I don't, I honestly really don't have a lot to say about the Bulls. I've watched like one or two of their games, but an Otto Porter Jr. was awesome in their Latin, their win versus the Wizards. He had like twenty six points or something. Yeah, of course I was playing against him in fantasy that time, so that's tough out there, um, dude. Like this is another one of the teams that we just expect so much going in every single season. It's kind of yep. like the Andrew Wiggins of teams. Like their youth, they have the players. They each player has individual talent. I don't know if it's just the coaching's not going on well, or they're just not meshing well together. Like Larry Marketing, he started off the season like a beast. I mean, they didn't give him a contract extension. Maybe that's why, but. He started off like a beast, but uh, fortunately he got hurt and he had to sit out the next few games because of contact tracing. So there's that. But like Larry Markinen has amazing talent. Um, he could be a great player. Then we've got Kobe White, who had a pretty decent rookie season. And let's be honest, we kind of all had him kind of going off this year. Zach Levine is another all-star level player. And Wendell Carter has tons of potential. It's just a team that has so much overall potential, but they've never been able to figure it out. And regardless, they are pretty young. But it's just a team that I was so excited to see and just watch them grow and get a ton of wins and just kind of play their hearts out. But I haven't seen any of that. And it's kind of disappointing to watch. See, in fairness to them, uh, three out of their four losses so far have been against uh, teams that we will either consider playoff teams or they're going to be in the play-in. In my opinion, they're all going to be solid playoff teams. The, the Bucks, who, in my opinion, are going to be one of the top three teams. And before the season started, I had them at first in the Eastern Conference. Uh, the Pacers, who have been playing very well, and the Atlanta Hawks, who their offense has just been on fire this year. They beat the Nets, Nets recently. Trey Young has taken another leap off of last year, and he's been playing very well. So, I mean, that's that's fair to them. Their upcoming schedule is kind of difficult. They play the Mavericks, who are looking to continue to build some momentum. Uh, they play the Blazers, who have been up and down. The Kings, who are so-and-so, the Lakers, the Clippers, and then they play the Celtics. So their next five or six games are kind of difficult. 
so we we're gonna have to see what they do to turn it around. And one of the one of the biggest things that I was excited for this year, I was excited for Wendell Carter Jr. because coming out of college, he was compared to Al Horford. Uh, with his versatility defensively and his ability to shoot. Last year, he was hamstrung by Jim Boylan, who didn't let him do anything besides just, like, pass and dunk. Um, and one of the reasons I was excited for him was Billy Donovan coached Al Horford in college when he coached the Florida Gators back in, like, 2000, 2006, 2007. So I was hoping that some of the principles he employed with Horford would rub off on Wendell. Wendell's been so-and-so. But I just I just hope they can build on it because they're they're one you're right they're one of those teams that have young players who have shown promise but maybe those young players might just end up like Andrew Wiggins just like never reach that full potential. Yeah, man, I certainly hope not. They definitely have a fun team. Well, well, at least you'd expect a pretty fun team, but we haven't really seen that yet. But yeah, I definitely hope not. Speaking of a team that has some young players that could possibly not even reach their potential yet, um, you want to talk about the Nuggets? Yeah, man, let's uh, let's go for it. What do you what do you think about them? About how they've been playing um, so far? Well, I'm hella surprised they're starting off one and four or one and five, whatever it is. I believe it's one and four. Man, I'm not gonna lie. Like, all right, I kind of saw Jamal Murray falling off, and it's not because like he's a bad player or like anything like that. It's just that I've had him in fantasy, for, and I keep going back to fantasy, but it's just kind of true. During the regular season, he's just like been off and on, and during that playoff and, and in that bubble, he had a switch. But it really, he really fell off, like compared to like that playoff bubble. So I think that's kind of contributing to why the Nuggets aren't playing really well. So that's that. And then obviously, Jokic, he's different. Like he's like usually he comes into. He's been he's been really good. Yeah, so like he usually comes into the season and he's usually out of shape. But this year he came in skinny Jokic. You know what I mean? And he's just been playing as a monster and just a beast. I'm kind of surprised that they're losing this many games when he's in top form. Yeah. Um, yo, um, I, like you were saying, Jamal Murray has been a little hit or miss. You got to remember, he also just did get hurt and missed the game because I think he had like a head injury. Um, so he was out a game. Um, Michael Porter Jr. is also out for them. I think they what they miss right now is defense. Um, I believe currently they are one of the – give me one second, sorry. Yeah, currently they're the worst defensive team in the league per NBA stats. They have a 116.2 defensive rating, which ranks worst in the league. I think this was uh, this was something that we called before the season started, that they would miss guys like Jeremy Grant, that these switchy wings would be able – that could guard not only guards, but sometimes guard like big men as well. Um, they didn't really go ahead and replace that. And the wings that they do have, such as like a PJ Dozier, a Will Barton, are – either a little undersized or very inexperienced, inexperienced, I should say, uh, like P.J. Dozer has barely been in the league. Their next five or six games or so, they have a pretty light schedule, I should say. They play Minnesota twice, which I think should give them two instant wins because Cat is still out. They play the Mavericks. who I don't want to say it's an instant win, but that's a team that they should be favored against. The 76ers, they've been playing great, so we got to see how that one goes. They play the Knicks, who they should beat, and then they play Brooklyn, who's – uh, I I'd say Brooklyn would have the advantage over them, but yeah, they've been they've been hit or miss so far. But I think they'll figure it out. They're just too good of a team, and Nikola Jokic is just way too good of a player to not figure it out. Yeah, no, they definitely missing Jeremy Grant, even missing Plumlee to a certain extent. Those two players were able to defend and just kind of like mesh really well with that team. So that's that. Um, do you want to move on to the last team? Um, let's move on to the Mavs. 
Yeah, let's do it. What do you what do you think about Mavs so far this year? Um, I'm gonna say straight up, I had them playing super well. I thought they were gonna be great, even without Kristaps. And I just thought that this team would be like I just thought that they were gonna get a tons of wins and just kind of come into the season super hot. That Luca was gonna be on a tier and have like an MVP level season. And it's not that he's not playing well or anything. I'm just kind of surprised that they're losing a lot of these games. And granted, they did to lose to Hassan's game, which was very close. And, like, honestly, it's kind of hard to see why they're losing. What do you think? Yeah, man. Um, I mean, you both agree that Luka Doncic was, like, the he, – he was the guy that was going to probably take the MVP trophy this year. Um, so far, I don't want to say he's been out of shape, but he just hasn't looked like himself, or like peak Luka, like he was last year. I think he's going to take – it's going to take him a little bit to play himself in this shape, and then he's going to go from there. Uh, one of the concerns I did have, and I did have him for MVP as my pick, but one of the concerns I did have was that they would miss Porzingis um, coming into the year because they do play a semi-difficult schedule, and maybe the rest of those players wouldn't be able to really um, cover up for that loss of Porzingis. So, um, for example, like you, and this is a problem that they suffered with last year as well, is that their wing players aren't necessarily I mean they're good defenders like Dorian Finney-Smith I think is a good defender Josh Richardson is a good defender as well but they're those guys aren't like big players they're not like six nine they're they're not guys who can defend say like a LeBron uh, a Paul George even though they smacked the Clippers and they got uh, they got smoked by the Lakers Um, they're a team that I I do think once Luka gets and plays himself into shape they'll figure it out Um, their upcoming schedule let me just pull it up give me one second you want, you want to just go ahead and go over this? It's taking me too long. No, I got their schedule. So it's going to be Chicago, Houston, Denver, Orlando, and then the Pelicans, and then Hornets, who they actually lost to. But there's that. Um, you know, honestly, I feel like the reason why is because their three-point shooting hasn't been very well. Like, Luka himself has been shooting 16% from three, yeah. which is pretty horrendous. And Luka hasn't been, like, the best shooter anyways. He tends to shoot very late in the shot clock, do a lot of step backs, but – it's just kind of interesting that, like, you know, like, everything that's happening with the Mavs is all going through Luka to a certain extent. Like, like he's been playmaking ever since he's pretty much born. Like, this dude has been playmaking in the European League. He's been doing his rookie year, and it's just been building on. But it's kind of hard for his team to kind of follow by lead and if he's not shooting the ball himself well. And, and he they tend to go to him a lot in the late in the shot clock anyway. So, I feel like to a certain extent, it all goes back to Luka. Yeah. Um, you, yeah, the three point shooting, you're definitely right. Lucas, I think he's shooting like two for 21 or something so far from the three point line. Um, they're a, they're a team though, that I think that they can definitely turn it around. Luca takes a lot of difficult shots and sooner or later they're going to go in. Uh, he's very, he's very sim. his game or his style of play is pretty similar to James Harden that he dominates the ball a lot. And either when he drives, he either passes out to a teammate or he scores himself or gets to the foul line. Um, I don't know why I keep rambling. I think they'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I definitely see them being the top four by the end of the season anyways. But, yeah, yo, we've talked about some surprising teams and some teams that have been disappointed. Yo, you want to talk about some players? Yeah, let's do it. You got uh, which, any in which, your mind? Yeah, I do. Um, John Wall, man. Um, granted, it has only been two games, but I'm just happy to see that John Wall is a, a semblance of what he used to be. Uh, you got to remember before the injuries started diminishing him back in 2017, the 2016, 2017 season when he was an all-star and he was an all NBA level player that 
there was um he there was a serious debate for him to be a top three point guard in the league and the best point guard in the Eastern Conference. I think it was between him or Kyrie, but this year in two games, he's averaged 25 points, seven and a half assists, and five rebounds. And I watched that game that they played yesterday versus the Sacramento Kings. That They won that game, right? Um, I was yeah, watching yeah. that game, and the just this, uh, he's not shying away from contact. He's still being aggressive. He's attacking the rim with reckless abandon, which you love to see coming off an injury like that. And he's also not only that, but just the speed and the change of direction and the quickness is still there, which I was wrong about. I thought that the Wizards won the trade and that the speed, the quickness, the change of direction, the explosiveness would never come back. But through two games, it's been there. And honestly, I'm very happy I was wrong because I, I watched an interview that John Wall just recently did with, Sham, with Shams. And he said that it got so bad. He had like multiple infections to the point where they might have had to amputate his foot. And how could you not root for a guy after hearing something like that? You know what I mean? So... I'm just I'm just happy he's back to what he's looked like. Yeah, and that's crazy because I'm gonna be honest, I didn't hear about that interview. That's crazy. You know, um John Wall has always been one of my favorite players and I really love him for his like athleticism and the way he can finish and take over games when he needs to. And of course the defense is very good. So there that was that, but um I'm definitely rooting for him as well, but Yo, honestly, that's pretty interesting, though. I never knew about that. But, yo, I don't know. I'm just rambling. But to be honest, that's definitely a player that's been pretty surprising, and I hope he can keep it up. Is there any other player that you kind of are surprised in? Um, I mean, this is a guy that I thought he would be playing really well coming into the year. Another Houston Rocket, Christian Wood, man. I mean, I called it that he'd have an, a most improved player type of type of campaign. I think I called him. I think I, I said he would be the most improved player through four games, granted only four games. He's averaging 23.8 points, almost 11 rebounds, two and um, uh, two assists, and almost two and a half blocks. Those blocks are a little, they're a little, I don't want to say disingenuous. What's the word? They're a little deceiving, I should say, because he's not a great defensive player. But man, he's the most versatile big man that Harden has played with in his career. And I really hope I hope James Harden gives his team a chance and doesn't doesn't just go through the motions. I hope he actually tries because this is a a good team and Christian Wood is a good player. I would not be surprised if he started making the All Star team pretty soon. Yeah, dude, the way he's playing, dude is a monster. Like I remember seeing this one play, like he did like a pump fake and then he went up for a dunk yeah. and like did a crazy twist in midair and just put that crap up. It was it was insane. Like this dude is literally like I kind of scares me the way he jumps and like goes for blocks and dunks. I hope he doesn't get hurt because this dude yeah. is playing like all over the place. But Man, yeah, he, he had this play where yeah, I know what you're talking about. It was versus the Blazers when he did a pump fake, got I think it was Covington out of the way, and yeah. then he. And then he just dunked on whoever was in the paint. So he's been he's been doing his thing. Um, he had he caught like this lob over Jokic when in that game neither of them could defend each other, so they just both went crazy. Yeah, he's a he's a guy who I just I'm just a huge fan of, and I hope I hope he continues this level of play, man. Yeah, no, definitely he's definitely fun to watch. Like he's a crazy athletic big man, and it's just it's just been pretty surprising and fun to watch. Uh, Do you have so- any other players that you want to talk about? I have some players that have been surprisingly bad. Um, All right. Let's talk about those. <laughs> let's get into it. <laughs> Man. All right. So you can't really say per se that he's been really bad. Um, he's still put in, putting up pretty elite numbers. That's Damian Lillard, man. Like, 
right now, as it stands, CJ McCollum is basically yeah. outplaying him. And that's yeah, just CJ's been CJ's been really good as well. He's another guy who's been playing very well. Yeah, no, but like let's be honest, like CJ outplaying Dame is that's a bad sign for Damian Lillard, man. Yeah, um see Dame had that he had that one great game versus the Lakers. Um he obviously she shit the bed in their first game versus the Jazz when they got blown out. And then he had um, a great game versus Portland in which CJ still ended up hitting the last shot. Dame didn't shoot great efficient. Not not the last. Yeah, the game winning three, right? The CJ hit in that game versus Houston. Um, Dame didn't shoot. And then Dame came out and was awful. And I, I watched that game versus the Clippers and it was it was over by like halftime. That game, the score might be a little closer than the game looked, but it wasn't close throughout after like the first quarter. Dame threw up a zero from the three-point line, 0 for 8, and... If it wasn't for CJ, the Clip, the Clippers would have beaten the Blazers by like 40 because um, CJ was awesome in that game. Yeah, Dame's really been struggling, but he's one of those guys that, you know what I mean, he'll he'll figure it out and he'll be he'll be fine. He's one of like the 10 or 11 best players in the league, so I, I'm not very worried about him. What, did you have any opinions about Dame? No, I was going to say pretty much the same things. To be honest, I definitely think he's going to figure it out. It's probably really hard to come off a really short offseason, especially guys like Dame that, like, work crazy hard during the offseason. So I do expect him to get his shit together and kind of just carry this Blazers team uh, into at least a decent playoff spot. So that's hey, – they, they, the, they play the Warriors again. He just had a great game versus them. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he might, he might go two for two there. True, true. Um, so, I mean, I guess we covered some of the other pretty – players that have been playing pretty bad, like uh, uh, Kelly Oubre, Wiggins, even Nurkic. Steph Curry. Yeah, Nurkic is another one. What you got on Nurkic? Yeah, I, I expected Nurkic to come back because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I thought he was pretty solid in the bubble. Um, he did make some – in that game versus the Lakers that they played, he made some solid plays at the end. He caught a pass from, I believe it was either Dame or CJ, and he laid it up over Davis to win the game. But he's just – he's a guy who's kind of been – not meeting expectations. We expected him to come back and be like this great uh, defensive player, a good rebounder, an underrated passer in his position. And I mean, I think it's kind of unfair for us to assume that coming off the the really tough injury that, I mean, if you ever watch it, I would, first, I would not recommend you watch it. And then two, if you do, I mean, just, it's just very, it's a, it's a tough injury to watch and sit through. Um, yeah. In that, in that Clippers game, he was kind of, obsolete he didn't really make much of a mark on that game and Portland just a team in general that I was very high on coming into the year I I had Damian Lillard as like a dark horse MVP candidate coming into the year um and they're they're a team that I think I got a lower expectations if they continue to play like no defense whatsoever what do you what do you think about Nurkic man I really like Nurkic he was going off before his injury and then he was doing really well in um in the bubble as well so like I definitely was rooting for him as well. And, you know, it's it's kind of surprising that, like, he hasn't been able to do much on this team. Like, you'd think without Hassan Whiteside on that team and with, like, some decent defenders in Covington um, and even Derrick Jones Jr., you could even say, like, on that team to kind of help facilitate um, at least the defensive end a little bit easier for him. I thought that he was going to have a pretty decent breakout season this year. And, like, it is because of foul trouble, so – that's a good reason for him, I guess. But I definitely thought he was going to have, like, a nasty season this year. And 
I don't know, man. This Blazers team is just so weird. A lot of people are overperforming. A lot of players are underperforming. Um, even Melikom off the bench, I thought that was going to help Nurkic's value and his playing time. But See, yeah. man, this, this Blazers team, it, you're definitely right. It is weird because I think Covington is a great player. Um, he's a great defender, but he's not like a he's not like an individual defender. You know what I mean? He's a great team defender, and their starting lineup is CJ, Dame, Covington, Derek Jones Jr., and uh, Yusuf Nurkic. So two of those guys are non-shooters in Derek Jones Jr. and uh, Yusuf Nurkic. And then um, one of those guys is, has been very streaky. I, I'm, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know Covington has struggled to shoot from three so far this year. So you're going to make Covington the number one option on defense, which he is great at doing if he's a help defender, you know what I mean? If you funnel guys into him. like, And one of the one of the biggest reasons that the Clippers handled the Blazers so well is because they forced guys like Derrick Jones Jr. to shoot threes. And granted, they didn't have Gary Trent in that game, but he's not a good defensive player either, you know what I mean? They, so they're a, guy, they're a team that I think I might have to lower expectations on. Interesting, interesting. All right, man. Do you have any other players or we're good? No, I think, I think that's all for today. Right, word. Thank you all for listening. Happy New Year, y'all, by the way. Catch you guys on the next episode.